we recently played some video games. It's true. Can you, can you believe it? <laughs> it's shocking. But I'm here to tell you that the video games, they're still a thing. Mm-hmm. They're still a happening. And they'll keep it happening until someone says stop. That's not ever going to happen. Video games stop. No. Hang on, hang on. I just got a Twitter alert that says all video games have stopped production. Is it because Yang dropped out? <laughs> Biting political commentary here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Season Language Check of OVA. It's a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. Hello, I'm Jared, joined as always by Doc Allen Ladium. Hello. This is episode 166. We're going to talk about some games we played recently. Mm-hmm. We have games we've played by ourselves. We had a game we played together. Yeah. It's a grand old mix of things. Yeah. Um. So we're going to talk about... Just some some stuff, some stuff. Um, if you don't mind, I will go first because my thing, my my solo game is pretty short to talk about, and we can get it out of the way. Absolutely, quickly. have at it. Uh, so that demo for the Persona Five Muso came out, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'll try that. Sure, why not? Um, because obviously, if you've listened to this program before, you know our feelings and thoughts about Persona Five. <laughs> and also, Al is the Muso Queen. Yep. And I, and I know you're not going to play this, so I was like, I will take one for the team and see what is up with, what's Koei Tecmo and Omega Force, what have they done this time? Usually great things. Al, it's sad to report that they've done it again. They've somehow made another weird licensed Muso game that is that seems to be good. <laughs> They're really good at it. Like they're they are really shockingly good at it. Muso games, like that is their thing, and they are so fantastic at it when they just stick with what they're good at. To be fair, okay. I know you are a big proponent and defender of the Muso series genre. I should say you are correct. If you would have told people ten years ago when fervor around Muso games was was you know bad, mm-hmm. that. Koi Tecmo and Omega Force was going to produce like three big hit Muso games in three big series that are going to be well received. I think people would have looked at you and thought you were crazy. Probably, but I still would have been like, "Yay! Well, I'm going to play you. my Dynasty Warriors games." Woo! You are the uh, you are the exception to the rule here. Um, like Dynasty Warriors Seven still has one of the greatest video game openings of all time, of all time. The fact that you have a favorite Dynasty Warriors opening says something here. I do. Dynasty Warriors 7 has one of the greatest openings of all time of any game. Like, it it may have been topped by Devil May Cry 5, but, like, it was up there that I would just repeatedly watch uh, Dynasty Warriors 7's opening. Just, like, it, if you type in, like, DY on YouTube for me, it's just, like, Dynasty Warriors 7 opening. Is that what you want? And I was like, yep, that's exactly what I want. And then we watch it, and I giggle to myself, and then I move on with my life. Oh, boy. Um, so, yeah, they're they're making a Persona Muso game. Yep. Uh, this is a sequel to Persona 5, actually, set six months after the events of P5. Is it canon? 
it is canon yes supposedly at least that's what people are saying now um you never know they might just backtrack on that later on yeah um it is coming to ps4 and switch which is the game that people saw the initials p5s and were like oh persona 5 switch yep and then there, and then it was like, not nah, just kidding, dog. We're making a Muso game. <laughs> <laughs> Which ultimate troll, man. I mean, it's a better option, really. Yeah. Um, I played the demo on the Switch because I was curious. I think that was the first version of it that went up, and I was just like, I'll, I'll download this. Um, I would. I haven't seen the PS4 version, but if you have the choice between the two, um, and you're you're like, man, I want to see this game at the best graphical options it has. Play the PS4 version probably. The Switch looks rough in some places. Like it, like frame, frame rate rise, the uh, frame rate wise, excuse me, it's very solid. Like there wasn't really any dips or anything, which is you know for a Muso game, that's, that's basically what you want. You don't want it to be like chugging all throughout the place, especially when you got enemies throughout the. You mean the like entire play area? Hyrule Warriors on DS. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so that that all seems fine, but like it just it seems like. It's a real graphical downgrade, which is not what you would want from this kind of game. Um, so yeah, there's that. Uh, they do a really good job of implementing like Persona combat into Muso combat. So like you know there are you'll see shadows in the battlefield. They have weaknesses that you can exploit and do follow up attacks on. There are all out attacks in this in this game. Um, you can use Persona skills in the battlefield whenever you want, as long as you have SP for it. It's f- wild. You will you will literally pick up personas when you defeat like a mountain of enemies or it's like just a random drop in general. So and then you can just switch on the fly with the personas you have. Um, it's really really wild. And then like when you are out of the combat gameplay, it looks like you're just playing Persona Five. And that is probably the weirdest part of this, where it's like you have to basically make your brain think this is not the JRPG I'm playing. <laughs> Because it looks exactly like it. They have they have revamped like some of the UI and presentation. Mm-hmm. Like just upgraded it in a way that like it keeps in line with that that first game. But it's like oh this is an improvement upon it, and it, you know keeps in that same style, uh, which looks good and everything. But like it's so weird because like it all like out of the, out of the all the out of combat stuff controls like you're playing the JRPG, and it's f- baffling. Because that's not exactly what I was expecting coming into this. Like, there is a lot of story in this for a Muso game. Like, they are doubling down on, like, this is definitely, we are making this a sequel. Like, this is a JRPG story, but you play as a Muso game. Too bad it's not Persona 3. I mean, too bad it's not Persona 1, 2, 3, or 4. Yeah, fair. <laughs> too bad it's not a good Persona game. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, like, so like I can't really say anything about the story or anything, like, except for, like, what I've seen. Like, there's... You go, you like, you basically come back to the the cafe. You hang out with everyone. Um, you learn about, some, you see this like weird idol girl, and then like you find out, oh, she's a shadow, or she's got some weird stuff going on. That leads you into a fight. You meet like a new character who's like a robot, like a literal robot who can transform and do stuff that you get to fight alongside. Um, there's supposedly an adult Persona user in this game, which is the first time they will have done that since. Persona 3, or not Persona 3, Persona 2, mm-hmm. which is, that's fairly interesting. Um, so yeah, uh, the Velvet Room is back, but it, it plays in line with the sequel Persona games, like the Persona 4 sequels where Igor isn't there. You just see, um, is it, it's, it's, 
we're we're past the state statue of limitations on Persona Five spoilers, aren't we? I think so. It's the the fusion of the twins. That's okay. who's who's there to meet you. But you're still in like the the prison garb, and the velvet room is still like a prison. So I don't know what's going on there, but I'm assuming like you'll still go there and like fuse personas and do all that stuff. Um. Yeah, that's basically about all I can really say about it. Um. There's a lot of like the same music from the the base game. They do some remixes here and there of like different battle themes, and there's probably going to be newer music as well as you throw it as you continue on. Which and is there's going to the be like dancing game should have been delayed. Yeah, and I think there's going to be like <laughs> DLC tracks you can give. You have like save data of P5 or P5 Royal, or on Switch apparently if you have Smash Brothers DLC or you have Smash Brothers save data, you'll get Persona Five track DLC because that game's not on Switch, obviously. Right. So yeah. Um, again, like I can't say anything about the story because I can't speak Japanese or read it or understand it, and that was definitely the weakest point of Persona Five in general. Mm-hmm. But if you wanted to come to this game as just like, hey, I want to play a game that combines Persona elements with Muso games, like Muso combat, like this is definitely the game for that, and it's pretty dang good in a surprising amount of ways. I just can't support anything that's P5. I, I completely understand that. Yeah, like, I really want to because I love Musou games. And, like, if it's a tight Musou game, I'm real, real into that. Um, but I I just can't. Like, you know, I sold everything I had that was Persona 5 related. Mm-hmm. Everything. Um, Got a pretty penny for it, too. Um, but... I just can't do it, man. Also, like, we had a disagreement over that one remix. It's fine. It's not good. That's 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 incorrect, but, you know. If it didn't have lyrics. Well, it's not a battle theme if it doesn't have lyrics. If it didn't have vocals. <laughs> it's the same vocals as the regular song. <laughs> right, but it doesn't match. Like, the way that they remix it sounds awful. Um, nah. But they did the same thing with, like, the opening theme for um, Persona 5 Dancing, like, the vocals don't match up with the music there either, and it's awful. It's like they don't know what to do with these vocals. We have these vocals. We have to use them. Right, and it's like that... No, you have to make music that matches with the vocals. Otherwise, it's just, like, really dissonant and awful, and it hurts my ears. You get different ears. Man, if I if I were able to get different ears, then I wouldn't have to watch everything with subtitles. But here we are. Here we are. Yeah. And my I have two different ears. One is really pointy and one is less pointy, but still pointy. Uh, well yeah, that's that's the persona. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That the gameplay's good, but everything else I'm just like skeptical about because it's got Persona 5 in the title, so I'm just like, eh. Um, right. That comes out on the 20th in Japan. There is no U.S. release info, because I don't think they've talked about that yet, So, but it'll probably come out over here. I would be highly surprised if it didn't, considering everything else has come out over here. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Play that demo on PS4 probably is the, the, the best thing if you want to play it. <laughs> So yeah, do you want to talk about what we played together or do you want to talk about what you played separately? 
Oh, man. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think is the best idea here? I mean, that's up to you. I won't talk as long about this one as I have in other games in the series, partially because you haven't played it, but also because, like, it's a lot of buildup. I guess I might as well just talk about it. Uh, Al's uh, going to talk about... Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> um, Some Okay, so obviously that's going to get bleep, but... Yes. Uh, Look at the look at the first letters of trails in the sky, and that's what you're gonna get. Someone used that acronym recently, and I was just like, I can't like that. Obviously, that is the acronym, but I cannot believe that's what you used. And now I'm just gonna adopt it and use it anytime I can. God. Um. So yeah, I played Legend of Heroes: Trails in the Sky. Mm-hmm. Um. After I got off of playing Cold Steel Three, um, putting in 186 hours. Uh, I was like, oh man, I am I'm in dire need of more Trails games. Um, and I have access to the um uh, the PSP versions on my Vita. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll just get first chapter and second chapter on my Vita and play those. Um so I guess for background info, um this came out like a long time ago. Um, like, uh, 04? Yeah, this is for Windows and 04, for PSP in 2006, and then mm-hmm. the US version came out in 2011. So a while after the fact. Yeah, because of the, how much text they had to translate. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, uh, I played through it, and I know that you had looked at it and said that it was quite slow. Um, so I was worried about whether or not I could actually play through it, but I didn't really have that issue. Um, the gameplay is very, very similar um, to Cold Steel. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's still, you know, you have your S-Crafts, you have moves you can use with your, your BP. Um, the difference here is that it's also on a grid system. Right. Um, so it has, like, a combination of, like, turn-based RPG and, like, strategy RPG elements to it. Which I believe is like how the crossbell games are also kind of set up. Okay, that makes sense. But but the remakes are more in line with what Trails of Cool Steel is, which I'm fine with. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's not a whole lot different there. There there's none of the like social elements like um, Cold Steel um, that wasn't around at this point. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's really the story of Estelle and Joshua. Um. Estelle and Joshua Bright are um, not related, but they call each other brother and sister. Um, Joshua was adopted at age 11 by Cassius Bright, uh, who Estelle is always just like busting his Like Estelle is just constantly like knocking her dad down like oh man you're such a goofy guy you don't take anything seriously you're awful at this you do this and blah da da and i'm like jesus estelle <laughs> <laughs> like he does kind of come across as like a goofy dude which is really funny because like as you're playing through the game and even like in cold steel like you hear about cassius there was like yeah dude he's like one of the most intense fighters you'll ever meet in your entire life like he single-handedly saved this country and estelle's like are we talking about the same guy <laughs> are, are we and um, like it's mentioned several times that he um, he taught Estelle how to use her her um, bow, so it's a uh, like the bow staff, mm-hmm. um, and that's what he took up. And everybody's like, "Oh, 
Yeah, he did that after he gave up the sword. And she's like, what? Sword? When did he ever use the sword? And, What's a sword? Um, we know from Reen Schwarzer that he was one of the uh, Eight Leaves disciples. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, um, Trails in the Sky basically follows um, Estelle and Joshua. They are junior bracers. And the way that the bracer system works is that in order to become a full-fledged bracer, you have to get letters of recommendation um, from every branch in um, Liberal, the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um so they start off in uh, their their hometown, um, Roland, and like, all right, you know, we're we're junior bracers. Let's do the things. And they're hanging out with uh, Shara, who is their like mentor. Um, and at one point, shenanigans ensue, and cassius leaves and it's supposed to be on this airship and they're like oh that airship went missing it got taken over by sky bandits and so estelle and joshua are like um no 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 our dad uh so they decide that that's like their first big mission is they're gonna go and find their dad from the sky bandits um which you know sure whatever um it should also be mentioned that they're like 16 years old uh just like hey let's go do this weird international thing um typical for jrpg protagonists of the time totally um and the thing is is that this reminds me in terms of like the overall feel of it it reminds me a lot of the first cold steel in the sense that like it's kind of cheery that like every once in a while you'll get hints in the background of like oh something really bad's happening but for the most part, it's just like a positive, fun game that like, oh, you know, we're we're solving issues for people and this is great. And also it's like it's a build towards something bigger. Yes. Um, and so like that's a lot of the game is just like solving these issues. And so like once the whole Sky Bandit thing is figured out, which um, <laughs> there's one point where um, you're trying to get information about like where these bandits might be. And um, you go talk to, I think he's a major, he's some military dude, um, and he hates bracers, absolutely hates them. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Uh, and so while he's like mad at you, um, this traveling musician shows up and starts playing his lute at you. <laughs> and um, Olivier's like, hey, I just want to break the tension with love. Um, and so essentially he's like that the whole time and it's hilarious. Um, at one point he hits on Shara, he hits on Joshua and then like Estelle's like kind of yelling at him cause she doesn't like him. But then also like, Hey, but what about me? And he's like, Oh, you're not sexy. <laughs> I was like, Olivier. Um, so he just flat out just tells Estelle, which I think he was just like, making fun of her but um you know he's got his whole shtick going there and it's hilarious and um you know they're always trying to get away from him and at one point shara like takes him on at a drinking competition to like try and get him so drunk that he will be left behind because she's like i don't need a civilian involved with this especially not a foreign civilian um 
he just like shows up while they're making plans. He's like, oh yeah, I just puked up everything and now I'm good. Let's go. I'm like, dude. Um, and you do get hints on who he is at the end of this chapter because once they solve the Sky Bandit issue and then realize like, oh, he was not Cassius. Their dad was on the ship. That's weird. I guess we'll just keep traveling around to become bracers. Um, maybe we'll find something about dad. And so Shara and Olivier traveled together back to Roland and um, he's on the phone with somebody talking and Shara comes out and she's like, so traveling musician, eh? And he's like, ah, so you see through me. And she's like, we're going to have a chat. And he's like, oh, interesting. They were giving all kinds of hints here. And if you didn't know who he was, like this would be very, very um intriguing it would be intense because you'd be like oh is he like a spy what is mm -hmm. he doing um and turns out that he's on the phone Bueller, but <laughs> <laughs> just casually um so yeah a lot of this is just like doing the same kind of stuff that you do in cold steel and that you're like traveling to towns learning more about the areas um and like helping out um you you go and at one point you meet this girl named Chloe, who is voiced by Christina V, by the way. Um, and is it more voiced in quotation marks though? It's only like battle quotes, right? That's it. Um, but it's um, Chloe is Christina V. Uh, Estelle is Stephanie Shea. Joshua is JYB. JYB. Olivier is um Troy Baker. Yeah. Um I don't know who Shara is. Um And I don't know who Tita or Agate or Agate. Agate. Agate is is Pappenbrook. What? And Shara is Michelle Ruff. Okay, Michelle Ruff makes sense. Pappenbrook, I I very rarely used a gate in battle, so I didn't hear him talk a lot, but I'll have to like, go back and listen to that. And also, I'm going to play the second one, so he'll be in that too, I assume. But but yeah, essentially, if like, you're thinking of like, oh, these are... It's not voiced at all. It's, it's like, not voiced in the same way that like the later games have become. No, there's it's just like, like... Oh, here's some quirks in battle. Quirps, quips, quips, there we go. Yeah, it, it's basically like 10 lines per character. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you're expecting these characters to basically come back in the... In in in, tra in Trails of Cold Steel 4, per se, or the, the next game, mm -hmm. essentially, as the same characters, probably not likely. It might depend. It, de it might depend, but also, like, it's been so long since they voiced those characters, and also they've already replaced characters in yeah, the series already. Troy Baker has become Matt Mercer. Which, obviously, that's the thing. But, like, a gate is not Pappenbrook. Correct. And I don't think uh, the lady who did Tita in this is the same as the lady who does Tita in Talks 3. Which, that's fair, because Tita has grown up quite a bit. Yeah. So her voice would be a little bit different. Because um, she's 12 in this. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah. It, they're they're not like real voiced um but she it, anyway chloe is voiced by christina v and um there's an orphanage that's burned down that you have to investigate and eventually like 
you find out that this entire town is like super corrupt and you end up meeting this duke who is claiming that he is the next in line for the throne. Also, he's insufferable. Um, and so like he shows up, everybody kind of hates him and you know, there's all kinds of corruption going in in this town and the orphanage and it's a hot mess. Um, and Chloe eventually is like, hey, I'll see you guys again. Goodbye. Also, at one point, Joshua gets to cross-dress. Well, they all get to cross-dress, but Joshua presses up as a princess. <laughs> um, which is interesting. Um, and this is where Estelle starts realizing that she might have feelings for him. Because uh, at the beginning, she's all like, oh, hey, who do you have a crush on? Like, hey, you want me to hook you up with some girls? Like, what are you doing, buddy? Um, you're awful with hitting on people. And so they're going through this, going through this, going through this. And then um, during this play that they're in, Chloe is playing a knight and Estelle's playing a knight. And they are fighting for the princess who is Joshua. And at one point, Chloe is like, oh, hey, you know, I kind of wish that our roles were reversed. And Estelle's like, why would you wish that? And she's like, oh, you know, because of the, the kiss scene. And um, Estelle's like, oh, oh, kiss? What? And then, like, during the play, she gets, like, super jealous when she realizes that they're actually going to kiss. And even brings it up, like, much later in the game. She's like, yeah, you know, you, you kissed Chloe. And he's like, no, we didn't. Like, that was fake. We didn't actually kiss. And she's like... Oh, oh, good. Wait, why am I relieved? <laughs> um, so, you know, she's she's having these feelings show up. Um, eventually, you get to go hang out with Tita, um, who is, again, 12, um, and has very low HP, so don't use Tita in battle. Um, and She's a scrub. Her HP is, like, over half less than everybody else. Jesus. Like, it's a mess. I had people with, like, 900, 1,000 HP, whatever, and hers is, like, 430. I'm like, ooh, Tita. <laughs> um, so you get to, to hang out in, in Zeiss and meet the professor, and we, we know a little bit about this family because of what we've played before. Um, a gate shows up some and is... A gate. It, it, yeah, he's basically like Sundari the whole time. He's he's really grumpy. Um, and at one point, um, he, the professor gets kidnapped. And Tita is like, you know what? I'm just going to grenade launcher this ship that took my grandpa. And Agate 1 is like, that was a terrible idea. Why would you grenade launch the thing that he's on? Um but two, like, they end up shooting at her, and a gate, like, takes the bullet, jumps in front of her, and they're like, oh, no, this is a poison bullet. What is going to happen? <laughs> a poison bullet. <laughs> yep. Um, and so Tita, like, helps nurse him back to health, and when he wakes up, he says a name. And Tita's like, who is this person? Who is it? But then he becomes a lot softer towards her after that and takes care of her. It's a gate. It's a gate. Um, you end up saving the professor who is researching this artifact that the the kiddos have been carrying around that their dad left for them. Um, and they're like, oh, hey, this is a weird artifact. It, like, shuts down everything, like, Orville-related. That seems bad. Um, it is bad. 
probably fine. Um, so Professor is rescued, but him and Tita and Agate are on the run now. Um, at one point, Chloe gets kidnapped in a different scene. And you're like, what the heck is going on? Also, you find out that, like, this one dude who's been showing up every once in a while, like, oh, right, he's behind all this. This is really bad. Um, so they decide that they're going to go to um, the the main town of this. Uh, it's called Grand Cell. And they're going to meet the queen. Because it's the queen's birthday. So there's a fighting tournament. They're going to enter this fighting tournament. And... Um, they're going to meet the queen. They're going to give her a note from the professor. And at one point, they have to give a note from um, Chloe's bodyguard. And they're just like, oh, God, we're, we're giving so many notes. Um, and there is this uh, this guy named Zane, I think is his name. Yes. Um, he is from um, East. The place that we haven't been yet. The east side. Uh, yes. Starts with a C. Calvard. Calvard, yes, 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 yes. He's from there. Um, and he's huge. And so you team up with him. And then at he's one Dio. point. What? <laughs> Are That's you his, serious? His voice, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, and so they're like, all right, we're going to join up with you. We're going to win this fighting tournament. Also, we might need a fourth, and then like coming down the stairs playing the lute. It's like, so I hear you might need some somebody else. <laughs> um, and they're God. like, were you listening the whole time, just waiting for the opportune moment? Yes, I was. Um, so Olivier gets to uh, be your fourth. Um, he just was visiting the Arabonian embassy. I wonder why he would be doing that. Um, I don't know. I wonder Something why he out. would be in for the queen's birthday and visiting the Arabonia embassy. Yes, he's, he's, he's very popular. Makes sense. He's a musician after all. A traveling musician. Exactly. He's in high demand. Um, so nobody's shocked. Well, Estelle is very shocked, but I was not shocked when it turns out, Oh, Chloe is actually the queen's heir. She's the princess. What? Um, she's like, yeah, I thought you kind of like knew that, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> and, um, Turns out there's a coup going on that the Duke coup, is trying coup. to make sure that she is married off and gotten rid of so that he can be the the next king. Um, the queen does not agree with that at all. Um, and so there's like this showdown to like free the princess and free the queen. And um, there's also this like white haired man that shows up. And is super intense and beats the crap out of you, which I actually beat him in that fight, so yay me. But, like, story-wise... But it does the video game thing, like, oh, you, I'm actually beating you! Yeah. Um, well, apparently, like, you're not supposed to beat him. Um, but I did. It was great. Uh, Al gonna Al. Yeah, and then he jumped off a balcony, and Joshua walked in and was like, hey, who are you guys fighting? He's like, oh, it was this man with a scary look at his face with silver hair. And he's like, who? What? And he just kind of like shuts down for a minute. Everybody's like, um, buddy, you you okay? <laughs> yes, yes, everything's fine. I'm fine. It's all good. Um, so eventually they find out, like, oh hey, there's this big like scheme in place by this this um 
Colonel Man. Um, Not the Colonel Man. To <laughs> to summon like these awful forces and also a mech. Um, what? And, and so they go and they're they're like supposed to stop him from doing his thing. Turns out he doesn't remember anything that he's been doing once you beat him hmm. at all. And Josh, hmm. Joshua's like, hey, do you remember how you found out about this artifact? No. Do you remember how you found out about this place? No. Hmm. Interesting. And they're like, yeah, he's not faking it. Like, he really doesn't know. Um, also, like, at one point with the mech, um, everybody is fighting it. And... The colonel's like, you guys need to leave. I will fight it off. Brah! And um, Cassius, just after this whole thing, just shows up and just, like, wrecks this mech. And then also Falcon punches the colonel. Um, and then just starts laughing and making jokes with his awful mustache. Um, so yeah, everybody gets arrested. They're like, yay, let's do the queen's birthday. This is great. Um... And so Estelle and Joshua are hanging out and Estelle makes reference at one point of like, hey, you know, I should tell you something about feelings. And he's like, what do you mean about feelings? And he says like, he's going to stay with her. And he, she like is not sure how to interpret that. So she freaks out. She's like, I'm going to go get his ice cream right now and runs off. And so Joshua's like, thinking about everything and he's sitting on this bench waiting for his ice cream because that's what people do in trails games is get ice cream mm -hmm. um and this professor shows up that's been like showing up every once in a while in the game um he's you know your absent-minded professor type character is he uh, going to turn bad yes oh <gasps> what yeah um so he has the ability to manipulate minds he has the ability to mind <laughs> he does um so he can have people forget things uh aka he was the one that was behind the um the big guy like doing all his shenanigans and also made another bracer forget things also he like rebuilt as he put it um joshua and he's like, oh, by the way, Joshua, don't you want to come back to Ouroboros? That'd be really cool, right? And he's like, no, no, no. What are you talking about? And he's like, oh, yeah. By the way, you've just been feeding Ouroboros information about Cassius for the past five years. Good job. And so Joshua starts having, like, a freaking breakdown. Um, and so this guy's name is not Professor Alba. He is Weissman. And um, Weissman is kind of like messing with his head and then when Estelle gets back she's like hey have some ice cream he's like yeah yeah I'll have that ice cream now um everything's fine everything's fine <laughs> Let, let's go back to the castle where we're staying tonight and um he's had this harmonica that he plays like randomly through the um the game and there's this other point like where they're talking about who's going to stay in what rooms and She's she uh, uh, Stella's staying with Shara and Cassius is staying with Joshua, and Estelle kind of like protests that, and Cassie's like, "Well, you could stay with me, and we could chat, and Shara could stay with Joshua," <laughs> and Estelle's like, "No, absolutely not." She's like, "I don't, I don't like the idea of Joshua sharing a room with Shara." <laughs> um, 
And so he ends up going up onto this like castle garden area and he's playing the harmonica. So Estelle goes up there and is like, oh, hey, buddy, what up? Like, let's let's do some chatting. And he essentially is like, yeah, um, this has been great. And, you know, I've had a great time these five years, but I got to go now. And she's like, what do you mean you got to go? I got to bounce. He's like, yeah. I, 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 I love the oven on. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's like, yeah. So uh, you've been asking about my past for the past five years. Here's my past. I'm an assassin. I tried to murder your dad five years ago. I failed. And so your dad adopted me and took me in. And I've just been kind of like buying my time. But turns out I've been like planting information into Ouroboros. And so like, I'm not happy with myself. I'm just going to leave now. Uh <laughs> And she's like, well, you can't leave. I'm in love with you. And then realizes, like, oh, I, I said this. I said that out loud. And I said this at a bad time. Um, and he he goes over and he, like, grabs her face and gives her this big old smooch. And she falls to her knees. And he's like, what? And he's like, oh, yeah, that, that's a sedative. Doesn't have any side effects. You're fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> and... Um, He's essentially saying, like, you know, I have a very, I'm very dark. I'm an assassin. You can't have feelings for me, but like, I I'm fell. Go listen to Evanescence. <laughs> I fell in love with you the moment I first met you, and I will always love you. But like, I am the darkness that will blot out your light and blah blah blah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Get this boy to a hot topic. <laughs> And then he's like, hey, um, thank you. Also, like, super duper love you. Okay, bye. God, he even has, like, in this game, I'm looking at the art. He has prime mid-2000s emo hair. You should see him in second chapter. Tattoo. swoosh going. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, um, man. Yeah, so that's how we end first chapter. It's a wild ending. Um, all of that, just from hearing like the the implications of this game and everything, mm -hmm. it makes total sense. Like why these characters are going to come back later. Yeah. Like in like Trails of Cold Steel Four and in the next game, because it's like if this dude's tied to Ouroboros, of course he's gonna try and come and like see like, hey, what are these guys up to now? Right. <laughs> this this all this stuff seems real bad. Well, we have. Him tied to Ouroboros. We have hmm. Tita, who is tied to... Everything now. Everything. She's wrapped up in all that. Her and a gate. Right. When a gate is tied up in it because um, he now is, like, essentially her protector. Yeah. Um, Because she, you know, helped him survive his poison bullets. <laughs> poison bullet. Uh, <laughs> Olivier is obviously tied up in a lot of stuff. Well. Because of, you know, he comes in back into in Trails of Cold Steel and everything. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not going to spoil three for anybody, but he's been important up till now. Yes, yes, that's what I'm saying. Um, And, you know, it turns out he's not a traveling musician obsessed with love. I mean, he is at times. He is at times. Um, God, I love him. And, like, I already loved him a lot in Cold Steel, but, like, replay or playing this for the first time, I'm just like, oh my god, this dude is just phenomenal. And, like, super, super disaster by. 
he's just constantly hitting on everybody. Although at one point it's really funny because there's like the last quest that you do um, as a junior bracer in the game, which by the way, you become a full fledged bracer by the end. Mm-hmm. You and Joshua both do. And you meaning Estelle. Um, so the the last quest that you do is uh, you get a request from the Erebonian embassy that's like, hey, there's a traveling musician in a white coat who's kind of an idiot. And like, I need you to bring him back to the uh, the bracer guild so I can pick him up. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I'm his Uber. <laughs> Kind of, yeah. And so, like, you go and find him at the bar. And I, I told you this. Like, he he asked Estelle and Joshua to, like, have some afternoon delight with him. And um, they're like, no, thank you. But we know somebody who really, really wants you. If you'll come with us, we'll take you to him. And he's like, oh? Oh, who would want me? I'm interested. Which kitten wants me? And he starts, like, listing off all the women um, that he's interested in. And then, like... Mueller walks into the bracer guild <laughs> and he's like, Mueller, you're the kitten? And he's like, what are you even smoking? And just like drags him out, like grabs his sprite and is literally dragging him as he's kicking. <laughs> like, it's great. Um, the Vander style strikes again. <laughs> the Vander style strikes again. Uh, Mueller is the kitten that wants, <laughs> wants Olivier. <laughs> um because he was God. he was real stoked about a lady wanting him uh but yeah like said he gets the vander style <laughs> said he gets the vander style but yeah super interesting that like he just straight up hits on anybody he finds attractive and that's not something i would expect out of a dude character in like oh four mm-hmm. at all like and not they don't even really play it off as like he's joking so that's a thing. Um, but yeah, I I started second chapter last night, but I have a lot of things on my plate before I can actually like really dive into it. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm excited can to I, see Can I tell goes. you a brief spoiler? Sure, I've already watched the anime. The green-haired man. Do you the, know who voices him? The priest? The green-haired man. Yeah, he's spiky green hair man. He's the priest. I haven't I haven't had him in a battle yet, so I don't know who he's voiced by. Um Keith Silverstein. What? Oh, snap. It's pretty good. Um I'm looking at this cast list for Trails in Sky 1. Mm-hmm. And there is one character in particular that I've noticed that also shows up in Trails of Cold Steel 3. Okay. Tell me about Josette. Josette, yes. She is a sky bandit in this. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, and you find out a little bit about this in three. Uh they took up sky banditry um in order to try and get back their ancestral lands. Mm-hmm. Um, that they kind of got like swindled out of. Um, and she is like a recurring villain in this game. Huh. That her and Estelle like really, really don't get along at all. Um, like they're just constantly making fun of each other. <laughs> um, so it's her and then I guess her brothers that are the Sky Bandits. Hmm. So it makes a lot more sense now, like why in three, like obviously like she she's made like this delivery service now. Mm-hmm. But like at the you know, at the end of three you see her and like the, the black market family. 
yep. teaming up together. It's like, yep. okay, that makes a lot more sense now. It, it makes a lot more sense. And I'm wondering if I'll ever like meet somebody from that family that would like connect it all. But um, like she uses the horrible gun in, in, mm-hmm. uh, in her fights. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, she's there. It's really interesting. Interesting. Um, there's at one point you like break into a military base and you are trying to like be sneaky sneaky and um if you turn left and like as soon as you get in there you go down into like the i guess it's like the dungeon it's like the jail part of this and it's like they're just sitting there like hey what up what are you doing here those alarms that because of you and like yeah (laughs) so the sky bandits are like later on try to blackmail you like oh so um you want us to tell anybody that you guys are like in our prison area that other night and we're like no 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 you don't have to do that so um yeah i'm interested to see what they do with them too because Mm -hmm. i know that they're going to come back in second chapter Uh, is she voiced in this one she is voiced by the same person who voices her in Talks 3. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So there is some consistency. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it was a really fun game. I liked it a lot, and so I'm interested to see where it goes. And, um, you know, I, I'm going to have a weird time because I can play first chapter and I can play second chapter, but the third... I'm going to have to watch a playthrough because there's no real easy way for me to play that. Right, because it's PC only. Mm-hmm. And you don't have a PC. I do not. So it's a little bit more tough. Yeah. And, you know, like, I've considered getting a PC for that. But at the same time, like, do I really want a PC, like, just for me to play certain games every once in a while? Right. Um, And, I mean, that would have to be something that i like that's a hefty investment for just it, it is a few games it is but you know it's it's a thing so i think i'll probably just watch a a playthrough of it so i mm-hmm. can get the gist of what's happening well there you go i will eventually join you in learning about these early games. Ooh, you're going to play? I don't know. I, I haven't decided if I'm going to play or just watch playthroughs. <laughs> so, but eventually I'll be right there along with you as we Yay. get on the road to Tox 4 whenever that decides to come out and also hopefully the, the Crossbell revamped games. Crossbell games. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited for those. Definitely. Um, But that is not all we've played. We uh we played the Stranger Things Stranger Things Stranger Things Stranger Things and you know I'm happy to report Bad License Games are back. Yeah. Oh man. This is a this is a game all right. <sighs> yeah, so we we got this because um it was it was cheap. co-op, and it was cheap, except for it's not co-op. It's local co-op. Yep. Um, 
so we were like, yay, we'll play this. And we did. And it sure was a video game. Yep. Oh, boy. Um, so, so you... I guess for... Go ahead. I was going to say basically probably what you are about to say. So for clarification, mm -hmm. you are a fan of the series. Yes. And basically that was kind of the reason. I was like, hey, you like that series. We should... Let's play this game. I don't... I haven't seen it. I don't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. But I, I will join you along and tag along this with this because, you know, that, that, that'll probably be fun. If, if the game's bad, we can at least have a good time out of it by just being goofballs and weirdos mm -hmm. so yeah like i coming into coming into this i don't know anything about it i i kind of have vague understanding of the characters just from like pop osmosis culture. yeah pop culture osmosis and that's about it while well, you have seen through the entire all three seasons and everything so you know what's happening what's going to happen and can give like a better idea of like how the the game compares to the actual show and whatnot well, I'm just like, I'm along for the ride. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it essentially like goes through, and that's what I was going to say, is it goes through the story beats, like the big story beats of the show, uh, the third season, like pretty on the dot. Um, There's no real like, I guess synopsis of like here's what happened in the last two seasons for you so if like you were coming no. into this blind you were just kind of going into it blind so yeah you really didn't know anything other than like what you had just picked up on by existing on the internet right yeah yeah basically um so what did you know before you played this game um, it's set in the 80s. Yes. There are kids. Yes. There's some adults. Mm-hmm. Hijinks. Mm-hmm. Um, supernatural stuff. Yes. That's about it. Okay. Um, so you didn't know anything about, like, the Russians or Eleven Story or anything with the Byers family? None of that. Nope. Um, so a lot of those references were probably pretty lost. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's funny because, like, you get this entire, like, cast of characters that you play as, and um, it, some of them are just not good to play as at all. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of annoying that, like, it's really, really imbalanced. Um, like really imbalanced and um, so you start as um, Lucas and uh, Mike in the basement with a baseball bat and a slingshot which the slingshot's mm -hmm. actually pretty canon. It's alright. No it, I mean it's canon that he carries a slingshot with him at all times. But as a, as a weapon in the game it's eh. alright. Yeah, the baseball bat, not so much. Um, and so you you really just played through the story of Stranger Things 3, and you're picking up characters as you go along. Uh, it The art style is very weird. It's very much like here's a pixelized art style, but it's not invoking really like 8-bit or 16-bit. It's more just like... It's an indie game that invokes pixel art style. Yeah, that's that's what it feels like. And um, you, there's you, also you there's, explore. Oh, 
Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say there's a lot of just like ways they try and like make you come back to areas specifically like oh well you have like there's this door you can't get through because you don't have the specific character or these vents you can't go through because you want the specific character so you'll come back later and get whatever goodies are behind them which was annoying yeah it's, it's a lot of like forced replayability essentially is what the game's trying to go for but it's like it's not that great of a game to begin with so yeah and i honestly have no idea what the gnomes are referencing which is a weird thing to have happen. Yeah, like, I do not know what the gnomes are referencing. There's no, like, real gnome thing in the series. I'm like, why are there gnomes? But you have to find 50 gnomes for a guy. Because you have to have collectibles. Who turns out to also be a gnome, but he just murdered a guy for his house. As you do. Casually. There's, like, a giant blood stain in a gnome that doesn't talk to you, like, when you when you get all the stuff. And I'm like, um... Excuse me. It's very weird. Um, the way that they handle some of the characters are really, really funny. Like, Billy, for one, looks ridiculous. But two, he's just always shirtless and always has no shoes on, no matter what's going on. So, like, when he wrecks his car, when he's going to, like, bone, like, Mrs. Wheeler, he he's just shirtless and has no shoes on. Just very casual. Uh, you know, as you do. Um, and <laughs> one of the things that I thought was really funny is that, like, you have several quests at the beginning. And they're like, hey, man, you need to, like, take care of these rats. And you're like, God, do they just have a rat problem in this town? What is going on? And it's like, oh, it's actually part of the plot. And you're like, oh. Because <laughs> it's just, like, dumb rat fights. But, um, yeah, I, I try to think of, like, the two characters that we stuck to the most um, were Eleven and uh, Will. Mm-hmm. Before that, you were playing a lot as Dustin. Yeah. Uh, which, he has teeth. And I know that he had the fake teeth in this one because he did the thing, but um, I can't I can't do the purr. But... Um, even still, it was weird to have like giant teeth on this character and who like that's one of his defining features is that he mm-hmm. doesn't have teeth. Um and there's a lot of just back and forth between like Starcourt and the like suburbs. A lot of back and forth. Um and I don't think that this would make a whole lot of sense unless you had seen the season. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it does a decent enough job of, like, being its own self-contained story. Mm-hmm. Of just being like, hey, weird things have happened in this town. Weird things continue to happen in this town. And, you know, we have to figure out a way to stop it. Like, it's a it's a very general story. Like, right. it's nothing too, like, outlandish or anything that, like, it's hard to, like, wrap your head around. But at the same time, you can clearly, you know, understand that, like, oh, obviously, you know, if I'd watched the series in any shape or fashion that I would know exactly like I would pick up on these references I would pick up on like the history between these characters I would pick up between like or pick up on like you know specific little bits and pieces of history about like the the world and everything so like mm-hmm. a lot of that is missing but I think overall just like as a general story it's it's fine but at the same time if I knew more about it I'd probably would have enjoyed it better than how it is presented to me as someone who has basically no knowledge of it i mean i will say that as someone who does have knowledge of it it wasn't that great okay um 
one of the things that I found very odd, and I mentioned to you several times while we were playing it, is that like the Russians in this look very, very Nazi esque, mm-hmm. and like Russian uniforms don't look anything like Nazi uniforms. Also, they're not wearing uniforms in the show. It's very, very odd. Hmm. Um, so, like, one of the big things about the show is that they're like trying as hard as they can to blend in, because you know, you're in Indiana and you have like a crew of Russians. That's yeah, not- Russian hotbed, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> Let me yeah. tell you, as someone who knows a thing or two about Indiana, you you just walk out the door and it's like, man, that person's Russian. That person's Russian. They're everywhere. <laughs> Um, They're like, hello, dos vadonia. <laughs> God. Um, I will say the if whole, he like... he does, he does. <laughs> the mayor subplot is very downplayed in this. Like, you barely see him at all. Yeah, it's like he shows up a couple times and this is like, hey, you're a jerk. And he's like, yeah, I know, don't hurt me. Yeah, it's it's very, very weird. Um, This game is really hard. Yeah, even like on co-op, which you would think would be like you would have the better advantage. Yeah. And even on the easiest difficulty. Yeah. It is not easy. It is not easy. And we're like, oh, God, can you imagine the solo and also like on a regular difficulty? Like, Jesus, this would be super hard. Which especially as an idea of like this is a game adaptation of a very popular television show. Mm-hmm. And you want to basically hit that very broad audience of people who may not always play video games this seems like a bad idea it's a very bad idea why would you ever want to make it so difficult mm-hmm. like you're you're immediately alienating a big chunk of your audience because they're not going to like have the patience to sit here and play through a game that's like constantly just going to feed them up and kill them maybe it's easier with an ai partner i don't know i mean like i think both of us are pretty okay at video games so I'm, right. i would be so shocked if like an ai partner would be better but like, like, unless it's like broken in a way that makes it easier for you or something but i don't know but yeah it's, it's very bizarre that this game is like challenging in a way that you wouldn't think from a game that is from a very highly popular television series so it'd be like if you insane. made a game of thrones game and made it like a dark souls level of difficulty right like you look at that and be like, that no doesn't make sense. Why would you do that? So it was bizarre. We died a lot. Mm-hmm. And I mean, again, this was on the easiest difficulty and co-op. So we're like, um, what? Um, which brings me to the final boss. Which I, I would say like the last like chapter is very ramped up in the difficulty in terms of like yes. throwing in multiple kinds of enemies at you that like throw a bunch of projectiles at you and everything. Mm-hmm. All the while you're like running a gauntlet through like different levels that don't really give you a lot of health items mm-hmm. in general. So like you're basically kind of just like there to fend for yourself and it's rough. Yeah, I mean like you have multiple people who are throwing like acid at you and fire at you and like and machine guns and at you. you and yeah. And like they can and they have like the the one guy who does like the electric um like flamethrower type thing at you mm-hmm. and yeah i mean they'll throw like 10 of these guys in one room you're like oh what am i supposed to do so it's it's insanely hard mm-hmm. um and i i that last chapter i wasn't sure we were going to finish it honestly 
Which come which comes into play the final boss. The final boss, um, which, which I also didn't think we were gonna finish. Sucks. It is one of the worst final bosses that I played in a long time. Um, so the the weird thing about the final boss of this game is that like throughout the entirety of the game, no matter what's happening in the story, you get to pick and choose what characters you play as. Yes, even like, if like you're not your character's not even there at that point, like they'll still be there like there's one point where like dustin was giving us dialogue and we had not even picked up dustin yet mm-hmm. which was really funny um but you can just pick whoever you want to be correct which is great because some characters like we said have better abilities than others and we have spec and we've basically expected in, in the way that makes it so those those characters are stronger yeah like w- you can put in like trinkets that mm-hmm. um adjust like abilities so we both had trinket or we had a trinket set that gave us like attack boost, um, health boost, but then also like gave our two characters individual attack boosts. Correct. And so like it was great that we could just switch to whoever we wanted at any time because then like the two characters we knew how to play with and like felt were good, um, we could just play as them. That all went away. And they're like, hey, what if you just had to fight this really hard final boss and you're limited to Hop and Joyce? Mm-hmm. Who neither has really good abilities at all. No. Um, neither has any kind of like distance attack at all. Nope. Um, neither can heal. Nope. And you have an invulnerable final boss. Yeah, that whole final boss segment just is not good. Full stop. Like, it just... You have a boss that has invulnerability, and the only way you break invulnerability is to either let it get shocked so it breaks its shield, or you you are able to time a block, mm-hmm. and that gives you a a single hit against it, which is like a mechanic they have never used in the game up until this point. Nope. So it's just like incredibly confusing, and then just like on top of it, it's just incredibly frustrating. And it does like baby level damage. You're doing like. 31 mm-hmm. at most. Yeah, it takes a long time to deplete this dude's health bar. But, like, most of them are doing, like, five apiece. Mm-hmm. And so um, this is, like, the big Russian guy that they fight at the end of the series or the um, season. And, you know, it makes sense that it's Hop and Joyce, but it doesn't make sense because you were able to switch out throughout the whole game. So it mm-hmm. doesn't, like, why would you lock it at this point? Right. Um. They could have done like what they've done the rest of the game, which is just like we fight whoever we're used, and then they would like pop in the characters that are supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. Like they did that um, several times with like um, I'm blanking on their names, Nancy and Jonathan. They but like in, pop in, them in, in any like kind of key story critical moment, they would just pop in. Yeah, the right characters, but like you could still go like, oh, I want to pick this character or this character. Right. And like we had this one system really going where you would play as Will. I was playing as 11. If either of us needed healing and we were out of med packs, we would pull in Max who had a healing ability. Mm -hmm. So we both had like distance attacks. We both had our specs maxed with the the abilities we had not maxed as much as you could. And then we also had Max that we could pull in to heal us if it was an emergency. So it worked until it didn't. Mm-hmm. They just took it all away from us. Yep. Was not fun. It took us multiple tries just to even 
figure out what we were doing and then eventually do it. But even then, like afterwards, it's like that did not feel satisfying in the slightest. Nope. Nope. Um, another part that was really garbage, which sucks because it was one of my favorite parts of the season was having to defend the um, satellite. Mm hmm. Because uh, it was just like wave after wave after wave um, while they were singing Never Ending Story. Well, they sing like Never Ending Story and then that's it. Yeah. We didn't buy the rights to that song for the video game. Are you kidding me? No. Nope. Um, and I mean, at one point I was just like, oh my God, are they just going to keep sending things? And it finally ended. I'm like, oh, thank God. Mm-hmm. But it was really, really frustrating. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this game wasn't good. Nope. Um, we did all the quests. Um, we got all the gnomes. We have all the trophies but one, and we will not get that trophy because it is to play on New Game Plus, and there is no way that we are doing that to ourselves. Nope. No, absolutely not. There's another mode that's like permadeath, and it's just like, why would you do that? Why would anyone ever want to do that? God, it makes no sense. What a frustrating video game. Yep. But hey, at least we had fun. We were playing together. We got to experience bad licensed video games again. Yay. They're back. They're back. What are we going to do now? And they're better than ever. Are they? <laughs> are they? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that yeah, that's thing. Stranger thing. The str- the stanger thing. The stanger things, thanks, thanks. <laughs> but uh, that is the uh, that's the games we played recently. Yeah, that was that was our game grab bag. Mm-hmm. Some good, some bad, some in between. Some that would be good if they weren't Persona Five. Some in between. Yep. Well, in that case, clank, clank. If you would like more from us, go to SeasonalCheckup.com or SAC.cool. It's where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Seasonal Checkup and Jared and Al Watch. You can also find columns and reviews on the site as well. If you'd like more from Ann Ladium, go to AnnLadium.com. She's got columns and reviews. Follow us on Twitter, Twitter.com slash AnimeCheckup. And you can support us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash SACOVA where you can buy us a slice of pizza. Yay! And get access to unedited versions of the podcast that go up early and bonus episodes whenever we decide to do those. Woo-hoo. Next week, I think we're going to kind of do a little bit more of catch-up work. Mm-hmm. Or we'll do something else entirely. Who knows? It depends. We'll, we'll figure it out on the fly. Yeah. So until then, uh, play good video games. Play good licensed video games. That aren't Stranger Things 3. That aren't the Stanger things. 